Welcome everyone to episode 167 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek and today we're going to break down the NBA schedule leaks that started to trickle out uh, today on Wednesday. We've got some opening week games to discuss, the Christmas Day slate, and then some Martin Luther King Day games as well. So we'll go through all of those, the highlights, the lowlights, everything you want there. Before we get underway, a reminder you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. My son turned seven yesterday, so we've been celebrating his birthday, and I know you know, there's a birthday at your house as well. There is. Technically, yeah. We Well, we adopted our dog three years ago today. So we've co-opted it as his birthday because we don't know what his actual birthday is. So That's fake awesome. Birthday. Yeah, it's his fake birthday, but he's still getting like some little dog treat chicken meatball things later tonight. And not to, not to mention just my son and your dog, but right. our boss <laughs> is turning 34. He this is. Year. He is. Today, Mark Deeks. Yes. So basically, he's one year away from being as old as Jordan when he retired from the Bulls. Ooh, there you go. So he's one year away from being washed then. That's good. Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, he's he's in legitimate NBA retirement age now. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to make him feel great to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Deeks, if you're listening to this podcast, we hope you turn it off by now. <laughs> All right, Mort, let's put it away. Let's talk the opening week. Some of the major national TV games started to come out today. So we're going to go through. We're not going to go through every one of those uh, just because there are a bunch. But any matchups that stick out to you either in a good way or a bad way? For, for the opening week? Yeah. Um, I was I was kind of perplexed why they would put the Chicago Bulls on a national <laughs> televised game. Um, yeah. It seems to be the fish out of water when you look at you know the the entire slate. You have these great teams: Philly, Boston, Golden State. I, I presume the Lakers will be good because of right. LeBron. The Pelicans with Anthony Davis, uh, Toronto with Kawhi, the Washington Wizards, who are actually did pretty well this summer, mm-hmm. and then like in the middle of everything, <laughs> the Bulls. Yeah. Just, that seems weird. So what I took note of was that, but also. I'm kind of digging the Golden State-Utah Jazz matchup on the 19th. Oh, yeah. Like, Donovan Mitchell going up against the greatest team <laughs> in the NBA. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Yeah. I just, like, we'll get into the Christmas Day slate later, but I'm glad to see the Jazz are getting some national love. Cause, yeah. You know, they, they have not only Mitchell, the reigning Rookie of the Year runner-up, but they have Rudy Gobert, the Defensive Player of the Year. Like, they're a really good team. They're going to mm-hmm. be... I don't know if they're going to be, like, top four in the West in terms of wins. I think they'll probably be somewhere in that range. But, like, I think in terms of roster composition and, like, threat level to the Warriors, they're a top four team in the West. So, um, I, they should I don't get know some love. I don't know who it was. I think it was... I don't remember his last name. Colin Coward? Coward? Mm-hmm. Or oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, exactly. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, when he he said a couple days ago that Joe Ingles was like a, a piss point defender or something yeah, like that, where I was just could, like, yeah. "Are you kidding me? I are know. You, what? 
Yeah. Are you watching basketball? Are you actually getting paid to comment on basketball? Really? No. Well, he's he's getting paid to, but he doesn't actually watch basketball. That that much no, is very right. clear. Yeah, I, I saw <laughs> it's just Andy, atrocious. Andy Bailey of Bleacher Report tweeted that out and was like, "This is the telltale mark of someone who does not watch basketball. If you think mm-hmm. Joe Ingles is a bad defender, it's oh, just yeah. because his name is Joe Ingles and you've never heard of him. But he isn't right. actually like he's a good player. You got." You know, Ricky Rubio is at least, like, fun, and he's going to throw a couple passes every game. They're just like, wow, how? You just defied space and time. I don't understand what just happened. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be a bad. fun one. But, I mean, look, when you're, what, I think Ingles is 30? Uh, yeah. 29, 30? Yeah, he's, like, surprisingly old for someone who hasn't been in the NBA for that long. I, right. He, he's, so. Yeah. He's right I, just, I think it's that combination when you look at like he's a white white dude from Australia, right? Who's who's near nearing thirty? Oh, then you you must be a bad defender. Like, yeah, oh, right, God. right. So yeah. lazy. He turns thirty one in the beginning of October. So my boy, yeah, yeah. still younger than Mark Deeks. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, I, that's gonna be a good one. I, like you, I was surprised by the Bulls. I think it's just because they're the Bulls and they have like. The national cachet of you know living off <laughs> they of do. The, well just like living <laughs> off of the Jordan era still and even before like, it's been twenty years I know but like they still have a huge fan base it's a big big local market big fan yeah. base you know they have I know you know they're not going to be especially good this year but like they have Jabari Parker now so mm-hmm. we can see how he fits in. Marketing is still really good. He is. Parker's going to guard Ben Simmons. Yeah. Like, it, that's going to be fun. I don't think it it's going to... I mean, it's going to be... Not for Fred Horber. Yeah, it's going to be fun for me because the, the Sixers are going to leave that game at least one and one, which will be nice. Oh, yeah. No, no. The Sixers are going to hand them their ass. Yeah. I mean... Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I think there's going to be some Philly fatigue by the end of this year. Or it wouldn't surprise me if there is, but... I'm really excited to have the Sixers twice in opening week. They, you know, they 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 tip off the season against the Celtics uh, mm. on Tuesday, October 16th, and then it's Thunder Warriors later that night. And it, look, Sixers Celtics. I know there's going to be some fatigue with that, especially toward the end of the year, because like they just had the playoff matchup. Everyone was crowning them as like these two teams are going to rule the East for the next five yeah. seasons. I, I agree that, like, long-term down the road, like, those two teams are best positioned to. But, like, we always get into this trap of, like, we expect dynasties to last forever. And, like, <laughs> right. the NBA, it just doesn't work that way. Like, you're there's usually, like, a three- or four-year window, and then things go to shit for whatever reason. Like, players' contracts, mm-hmm. you just can't fit everyone, injuries, another team comes out of nowhere and, like, becomes good. So, like... Right. Philly, Boston are both going to be good. They're probably both going to be top three teams in the East. But, like, Toronto's right there. I, we talked yeah. about this. I, I have Toronto above Philly this year if Kawhi's healthy. Milwaukee's looming. Like, Milwaukee's going to be really good just by virtue of getting a real coach. Like, I'm, I'm sad I'm so that we don't have them. Milwaukee. Yeah, because, I mean, they they're very feasibly could be a top four seed in the East this year. Uh We've got Wizards Raptors on that Saturday. Mm-hmm. The Wizards could also be good. Like we made fun of their off season because they got like Dwight Howard and Austin Rivers and Jeff Green. Well, you did. 
Yeah. Well, no, I I actually didn't that much. I mean, it's like there's the head case component of that, which right. I think is like that that locker room could just absolutely explode. Like it could be Lakers East in terms of like volatile personalities clashing. Mm-hmm. But like in terms of on court product, they got better this offseason. Oh, yeah. Significantly. Yeah. Like Troy I, Brown is going to be killer. Yeah. Yeah. And then like they're still all young enough, or at least like Beal, Ubre, Porter are all young enough that you can still mm-hmm. reasonably expect internal improvement. So like they could be a top four seed in the East this year. Like they're gonna be a really good team. And I still think the Pacers, like I wrote an article about this for Gimme Sport the other day. The Pacers had one of the best off seasons of any team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they did. Like, they flew under the radar because they didn't get LeBron James or they didn't get DeMarcus Cousins, but, like, they didn't really lose anyone of major importance. Like, Lance Stevenson, oh no. But, like, they added Tyreek right. Evans. They added Kylo Quinn. Um, they added. And Duck McDermott. They, right. they got someone who they probably in a year want to get out of. <laughs> right. But even still, like, he. In a limited role, in the role that they're going to ask him to play, he could be good. Aaron Holiday, yep. they drafted. So, like, they could also be in that mix for the East. So this is all a long-winded way of saying, like, I know people are going to get tired of the narrative of Philly-Boston and Philly-Boston because it's going to be on Christmas as well. But, like, let's not act like that Eastern Conference Finals matchup is set in stone because I do not think it is. Right. I think Boston, assuming health, Boston is going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think Philly has a lot of teams that could trip them up. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And here's the thing. Like, you mentioned that everyone seemed to be crowning Boston and Philly. Like, if Kawhi ends up staying in Toronto, and not that I'm counting on that because it seems like his uncle is making every decision for him. Like, I mean, it, it's at this point, it's just ridiculous. I have to wonder if Kawhi even has a voice of his, of his own. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, let's just assume for a second that they actually begin to think logically, <laughs> right? And he's and he stays in Toronto, like he's going to prolong that window. Yeah, right, right. I mean, if nothing else, he could do a, like a one plus one deal because all of like Lowry right. and Ibaka and even Fred Van Vliet are only signed for two more years. Mm-hmm. So he could just say like, "All right, cool. I liked it this year. I, you know, I." For whatever reason, I don't want to join the Lakers next year. I'll give this one more chance. Like, maybe they go to the finals and they lose to the Warriors in a seven-game series. And he's like, I can't reasonably leave this team right now. Let's run it back for one more year. So, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. The Raptors the Raptors are going to be one of the most fascinating teams in in the NBA, really. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah, to see. Yeah, not just the East. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. So I'm glad to see, you know, we've got Celtics, Raptors, Mm-hmm. Um, on Friday, October nineteenth, <laughs> uh, on a back-to-back the next night, we have Raptors Wizards. Kind of sucks for the Raptors; they're doing a back-to-back that early in the season. But uh, I mean, Raptors Wizards could be really fun too. Kyle Lowry and John Wall, Kawhi versus everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just I'm excited for Kawhi Leonard to start playing basketball again. Like I feel like yeah. people have forgotten how good he is. Oh, for sure. Right, like for sure. Like, I've seen, who who was it the other day that tweeted something like, is the gap between LeBron and Durant smaller than the gap between Durant and Kawhi or something like that? And it's like, Kawhi was right, before he got hurt, like in 2016-17, Kawhi mm-hmm. was a consensus top five player. 
And like top he, three, maybe even. Yeah, like it was LeBron, Durant, and then like Kawhi and Curry are right there, neck and neck. And then Harden's in there as well. You know, now you could start throwing Giannis in there and Anthony Davis, but right, like Kawhi's really fucking good at basketball, and we. Like, oh yeah, I'm really excited. You know, knock on wood, assuming everything is good with him and his quad, he doesn't aggravate it in the next couple months. Like, it's going to be a treat to see him on that Raptors team in particular. Yeah. Yeah, It's a, it, he has some help there that he didn't have in San Antonio. And that's right. that's that's being kind of unfair to LaMarcus. But when Kawhi was healthy, LaMarcus was going through his entire adjustment period, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. So he didn't really have that stability in terms of his supporting cast. Now he comes to Toronto that has a, a deepest help bench and just added Greg Monroe to mm-hmm. replace Jakob Pertl. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, DeLon Wright, Fred Van Bleet, CJ Miles. Like, there's a lot of firepower there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Siakam? Yeah. Like, yeah. I know, they're going to go like 10 or 11 deep again. Right, and that was just the bench, obviously. Right. Yeah, and then you got Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi, Serge Ibaka, mm-hmm. Valanciunas still. Valanciunas, like, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be... I, I mean, like, Boston Raptors might be one of the best games of opening week. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I think that's the Eastern Conference Finals preview right there. Assuming health for both sides, of course. But, like, I think we'll those are We'll see if the, Kawhi plays. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I think those are the two best teams in the East. I, I Like, that's going to be just the depth that those two teams have as well. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm pretty. I mean, Thunder Warriors as an opening night ring night again for the Warriors, making Russell Westbrook go to Golden State and watch Kevin Durant get a second ring. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, like the NBA, the personalities are so petty, but I like that the NBA league office is now getting into the pettiness, <laughs> and like, like Russ is just going to be fuming there on the sidelines, which mm-hmm. is going to be great. And then he's going to score 50, but on, like, 67 shots. Right, yeah. Well, now that Melo is not there, you need to put those 15 shots somewhere else. 10 will be going to Russ. 5 will be going to Paul George. We'll call it a day. I actually have a, a little fun um, Westbrook thing here. Uh, if he has another 381 turnovers this season, he's going to jump all the way up to 16th all-time uh, from 29th, he's 29th now. He's going to jump all the way up to 16 on the all-time turnover list. Wow. Now, if he just has 300 or more turnovers a year following that season, he's going to be the all-time leader in turnovers by 2023. Ooh. That's, isn't that right when his contract expires? No, one season before. Or one season after, I But think. that's that's still just yeah. in five years. He's yeah, gonna be, I know. Yeah, it'll be like what thirty four by 33, then. Thirty three, thirty three, I think thirty three, thirty four. Good. What an honor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's something to look forward to. The race to him being the all time turnover leader mm-hmm. will be will start off on opening night. But I mean, I like I'm still working my way through who the biggest threat to the Warriors in the West is. I think it's between oh, yeah. the Thunder and the Rockets. I think I've settled that. And I think it comes down to, from that point, it comes down to who gets their potential problem child to buy in more. Can Houston get Carmelo to accept a more limited role, even be willing to come off the bench at some point, or like play predominantly with, you know, like he could start, but he'll like get pulled 
three minutes in and then play with mostly bench guys and then hmm. figure out the closing lineup later? Or can could OKC get Dennis Schroeder to buy into a sixth man role? And, you know, like, is he is he going to be so emboldened by his time as the Hawks starter that every time he comes into the game, he's just jacking 20 shots, like, without conscience? Because if so, that's not great. So, like, both of those guys could be very valuable, but it depends on their attitude and their mindset. And you have zero confidence right. in either guy actually buying into the role that their teams are going to need them to. No, but you have confidence in something else. Carmelo is a good dude. Yeah, that's true. Dennis is not. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, we, you and I have heard a, a little something said by a certain someone mm-hmm. regarding Dennis Schroeder. We, I think, we alluded to it on the podcast before. Right. Um, <laughs> look, he's not liked, yeah. and he's he's a problem child in a locker room. Mellow for all his faults, his faults are purely on court. Like mm-hmm. that's he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad teammate. And this time around, he'll be playing with a lot of unselfish basketball players, unlike an OKC. Not saying Paul George is is selfish because he's just not a playmaker. Mm-hmm. But here he he'll have Harden. He'll have he'll have Paul to some extent. He'll even have some of the other guys who are just willing passers, even though they don't rack up a lot of assists. I right. mean, look, Gerald Green is a gunner, yeah. but you'll also see Gerald Green like make the accurate pass. Yeah. Like he's not be, uh, he's not above that. And Eric Gordon too. Eric Gordon too, willing passer. Yeah. So I think it's just going going to be a, a completely different dynamic. And people are are crapping on Melo because of last season. I get it. It's mm-hmm. fine. But I also think we've gone to that point now where he's just become underrated. Like yeah. now now we've crapped on him so much that he's like, yeah, okay, you're you're basically saying he's he should be out of the league, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> right, right. The, the guy, I mean, he did. He didn't shoot well, but he did average like sixteen and hit like a hundred and sixty nine th- triples or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like he's a weapon. Yeah, right. And I have more confidence that he buys into his role than I do that Schroeder buys into right. his. Um, it reminds me. I I saw an excerpt from Stephen Adams' book recently talking about like he just absolutely torched Reggie Jackson. Like, he just, he said, I guess Russ got hurt at some point. Reggie Jackson came in and was, like, starting and playing well. And then Russ came back, took the starting job back because, of course, he did. And mm-hmm. then Reggie Jackson, like, bristled at that and, like, wasn't happy being the second unit point guard. And Adam said something like, look, man, OKC, you know, we're, like, a family here. We can tell when someone doesn't buy into their role, and that's like bullshit. And if we, you know, we can tell when someone doesn't want to be here, and then we don't want you here either. So, like, no one shed any tears when Reggie Jackson left. And that, like, that gives me a lot of Dennis Schroeder vibes. You know, oh, yeah. I'm hoping this whole experience of like being salary dumped for a guy that Atlanta was immediately going to waive in Carmelo Anthony. Hopefully that like humbles him and makes him realize like he doesn't need to play for a contract right now. He's signed for three more years. Like it's okay if he doesn't put up twenty points a game. You know, like if he buys into his role, actually plays defense for the first time right. in a couple of years, like contributes to a winning team rather than like puts up twenty points on a twenty win team, that's gonna be more valuable and that's like gonna lead to a better reputation down the line, a better chance of getting another big contract down the line. Like, people know 
at that point he'll be in his prime like they know he has operated as starting point guard he can do it like they're the thunder really could and should use him as just like a super sub to supercharge their bench which had like they had no bench scoring last year like he could be yeah. a very valuable addition to that team and a necessary addition Right, and like their thun- the Thunder's defense, I wrote about this recently too, their defense is going to be absolutely outrageous. With If Roberson comes back from the patellar indin- or tendon injury and is like, you know, more or less his old self, he was like an all-defensive first-team wing. You're removing Mello and you're putting Patrick Patterson and Jeremy Grant in for those minutes, mm-hmm. both of oh, whom yeah. are better defenders, like Jeremy in particular just has that versatility you need against a team like Golden State. And then now you also have Nerlens Noel as a backup center. Like, Nerlens, for all of his faults, he's not a great offensive player. He very well sounds like a dickhead off the court. He's a really good defensive player. So, like, OKC, I don't... I mean, their their weakness is going to be their scoring and their shooting ability because really outside of George, Westbrook, and Schroeder, they don't have another go-to guy. But, like, Schroeder can be that number three option on offense if you can jerry-rig some points from, like, Steven Adams post-ups or, or like, rim rolls and Roberson hits an occasional three. Patrick Patterson serves as a stretch four. Like, even if not, I mean, George and Westbrook could both go off for 30 a night. Mm-hmm. Schroeder could go off for 20, and their defense is just going to be so damn good that it might not matter. And Steven Adams can at least score the basketball. Yeah, like, he, he can give you 14, 15 points. Right, right. Like, he, he's not going to manufacture many points on right. his own. Or, like, you don't want him to... You don't want to <laughs> yeah. feed, like, a steady diet of Steven Adams post-ups. Hey, take that 18-foot step back. Steven yeah, right, Adams. right. Yeah. And not that he can't. It's just, like, that's not the most efficient shot. Now, the counterpoint right. is, like, neither is a Russell Westbrook three-pointer. But, allegedly, he's working on his, like, off-ball movement and catch-and-shoot stuff this summer. So... That's all. That's all a way of saying OKC Warriors. I think it's going to be like the the NBA did really well with that opening night. You know, mm-hmm. Sixers Celtics and then Thunder Warriors. Like, I don't know that those are the two conference finals matchups. I don't necessarily think they are, but both could be. They could. They could. There's definitely the possibility for it. And and also, I'm looking forward to seeing like the whole schedule being un, unveiled because. There are times when I'm I'm looking at the non-national televised game and I'm just going, oh, that's that's sounds like a fun as hell matchup. Right. Like, like there that, are games that just go under the radar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. Like at first glance, I saw Maverick Suns on there for Wednesday. I was like, what the? Why? The two very bad lottery teams. But then you astutely mm-hmm. pointed out, Aiton versus Doncic. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm all in now. That's gonna be really fun. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and and Mikhail Bridges as well, because he got out of Philly and didn't get injured. <laughs> right, yeah. He avoided the final destination that happens mm-hmm. to all Philly rookies. Yeah. R.I.P. R. to Zaire Smith and his foot. Hope, well, uh, we'll see him in 2019. Try. It's okay. Oh, he, has he been ruled out? No, I, I don't think so. But, I mean, just yeah. what's the point? Save him, save him for when Kawhi leaves the conference, when Kyrie leaves the conference. <laughs> <laughs> then, then the oh, Sixers could just reign supreme. They have no competition. It'll be great. It's unbelievable. It's every year. Yeah, and of course, the one year where it didn't happen, Jalil Okafor. 
He even <laughs> did. He got he like hurt his meniscus late in the year. He only played like 50 right, games. right, but he didn't miss like yeah, a full yeah, season. Yeah. And and I know that Markel didn't miss the full season, but he might right. as well, you know. Right, 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 right. I think the last like fully healthy one was Michael Carter Williams. Oh God. Yeah. Wait, rookie of the year, Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> yeah, and and the next one fully healthy or at least partly healthy, Jill Okafor. Yeah, so I know. Maybe it's a good sign. I agree. Maybe maybe the good players are the ones who miss a year. Yeah, and we'll see. Like, yeah. Furkan Korkmaz is going to come out. We saw him in Summer League dropping 40. He missed his oh, first yeah. year. That's true. Yeah. Ooh. It bodes well. But, yeah, I, I'm excited. Like, the, Maverick Suns doesn't... I, that feels like the NBA is throwing a bone to the people like us who are just going to watch everything. But, like... Yeah. It does, you know, usually they have a league pass free first week anyway, so it surprises me that they're putting two like very obviously bad probably lottery teams on national tv but i guess they're just trying to build hype for the future and like you know try to get casual fans hooked into hooked into Doncic especially but yeah and and also i'm just i'm gonna be a little bit mean here like if you have two bad teams match up against each other like for the casual observer you're not gonna notice like a major difference Mm. So you're going to think, oh, these two are equally matched. That's true. And if you are a casual observer, you're not going to notice, you know, the finesse. Like, oh, you know, they don't close off on the screen. Like, they don't position themselves <laughs> accurately. To I mean, all those things that just leads into winning basketball. Like, you're not going to pay attention to that. Right. And right. if Luka Doncic throws, like, three alley-oop passes to DeAndre Jordan, you know, that's a win for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if nothing else, like, that game has a chance of being competitive, whereas if you mm-hmm. put, like, the Suns against the Rockets or the Jazz or someone, like, it's over by halftime. Yeah, so you're, you, okay, can I, can I use that as a segue yeah. to the Christmas Day <laughs> games? You sure because can. Because I need to talk about it. I need to talk about it. I know they're a big market. I know there's the whole, the mecca of basketball, which we really need to retire soon, by the way. Mm-hmm. What the hell? The Knicks should not be on that list. Kristaps Porzingis will be watching from the sidelines. Right. And I just, I have no interest in watching Tim Hardaway on national television <laughs> jack up 17 shots in the first quarter. Yeah. But a friend of mine, Torquil Bang, also from B-Ball Breakdown, mm-hmm. he had a pretty good idea for why the NBA actually scheduled the Bucks and the Knicks on Christmas Day. They really want to go all out on the Giannis hype. Yeah. And is there a more perfect opponent for where Giannis will drop like 55? No, absolutely. Yeah, I think that was the appeal. Mm-hmm. I mean... Like, there's no way he doesn't end with 30-plus in this one. Oh, yeah, it's good. I, it's going to be like a 40-point triple-double. Right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And the only risk of him not doing that is if it turns into such a blowout early that they pull him by the third <laughs> quarter. Yeah, like, like with eight minutes to go in the first <laughs> quarter, he walks off the court having scored like twenty-eight points in right. nineteen minutes or something. Yeah. Right, exactly. But yeah, I mean that that is that one definitely sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, you know, like there's always usually one dud on Christmas Day, and it usually involves the Knicks, and it's usually that mm-hmm. twelve p.m. game. Like it was Knicks Sixers last year, um, which is like it's fine. I get it. I mean, the Knicks are just such a big market. You know. Again, if if Kristaps comes back, that's at least mildly intriguing. Like you, I don't expect him to be healthy then. I don't expect him to be playing then. But right, 
Yeah, but if he does, you know, maybe the NBA is playing the optimist card and mm-hmm. <laughs> saying... I would not, like, even if he was, like, declared healthy, I would not have him back on the court by no. December 25th. No, nor would I. So, yeah, I think it's really just, like, here, come watch Giannis destroy a bad team. Yeah. But, hey, uh, Ke- Kevin Knox. Yeah, like, <laughs> it'll be fun watch to Kevin see... Kevin Knox in the Knicks. Right, it'll be fun to see, like, the Knicks. I mean, I'm not gonna probably watch that game, but... It would be fun to see like the the young Knicks like Kevin Knox and Frankie Smokes, mm. you know. Just it's gonna be probably one of their few national TV games this year. Would be my guess, <laughs> or at least like early coming up year. on ESPN. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks against Courtney Lee <laughs> and the New York Knicks. Oh God! Don't forget, Joe Kim Noah is still part of the team. He's oh, shooting God. threes now. Oh yeah, he's shooting threes, and he's he's apparently back. I I've been told. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> Back to getting naked in the middle of the street because that's all I saw yesterday. Oh really? Yeah, yeah I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, there was a TMZ story. He's like, he left some French boutique, went to his Porsche, and then just got buck ass naked right in the middle of the street. That sounds like Joe. Yeah, I know. My my wife saw it. It was like, oh, I like the story. <laughs> she <laughs> she she thinks he's attractive. She somehow is the only person who doesn't think he looks like the Geico caveman. <laughs> well, I mean, she picked you, Brian. I know. I don't know what that says. Though it concerns yeah. me. Yep, I, uh, I think it should. Yeah. So yeah, I actually I did a thing for B-Ball breakdown today. I, I don't know if it's up yet, but it will be soon. Ranking these five Christmas Day games. So let's go mm-hmm. through and actually rank these. I think it's fair to say we both have Bucks Knicks last. What is your yeah? Like, because my whole lead-in for this article is basically like. You know, this is this is your one or like one of the few days you can just mainline ten plus hours of basketball, but right. also like, you know, people have family commitments. You often cannot watch all five games, so we're gonna help you out if you have to prioritize which games to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's which games? So so skip the Bucks and Knicks because it's the early game. It doesn't matter. Spend mm-hmm. time with your family. Who are you skipping next? What's the f- the fourth best or the second worst? Whichever. Yeah, se- second worst. Yeah. yeah. Um, OKC Houston, and it's because I just yeah, but I don't enjoy watching the the, the Thunder. Oh, the Thunder! I, oh wow! Yeah, I, thought you were I love the watching the. No, I I love the Rockets, but I mean, again, you you know I have a personal disdain of the way mm. Russell Westbrook plays, and yeah. he dominates the court so much, and or, or the ball, I would say. Yeah. And. It really depends on what type of game he's on. Like, if he's actually completely locked in and he makes the right decision and he's just completely owning everyone by playing, you know, the accurate brand of basketball, you know, thinking before you shoot and and reading the defense instead of just jacking up crazy jump shots, Mm -hmm. then he's a goddamn pleasure to watch. Mm -hmm. Thing is, you just don't know. Like, the margin of what kind of Westbrook you're going to get on a nightly basis... That swings a lot. That's a, that's a pretty large margin. That's so true. that's why I'm putting it in there as like a potentially fourth best or second worst. Interesting. Like if a bad Westbrook game can really just muck things up for me. That's true. I have it higher, and I'll, I'll explain. I actually I had it as my number one game because the, the way I was looking at it was the factors I was like taking into account were A, star power, and... Mm-hmm. You have a lot here. You have like the two most recent oh, yeah. MVPs. 
you have Chris Paul, you have Playoff P, Paul George. Also, Carmelo Anthony revenge game. Can't rule out Carmelo Anthony being pissed about like how poorly his OKC tenure went. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to be like, all right, fuck you guys. I'm going to take eight shots. They're all going to be threes. I'm going to play efficient defense for once in my life. Like, just to shame the Thunder into, er, er, like, not shame them, but get back at them for ruining his reputation as much as they did. Can a 34-year-old have a revenge game? (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, if he he buys into his role and actually, like, embraces being a complimentary guy instead of, no, I'm not going to go to the bench. No, I'm going to, I know my role, and when I do that, or I'm going to do that only when it's right to do that. If he, but then he's going to ruin the game. He's going to play outside of his role. But that I'm saying he like he he might Im- by oh, embracing his smaller okay. role and yeah. then being oh, like really you. good in it. It's yeah. going to be a giant fuck you to the Thunder who are like, oh, where was that all of last year? Yeah, but but here's the thing: I'm not really that invested in the whole you know Carmelo to OKC thing because he was there for one year. Yeah, like, I don't think it carried that much weight. I I don't really understand the narrative like people just going. Oh snap, Mellow and OKC beef. Like what? Yeah, no. Yeah. Like I understand when, you know, with the Knicks or the right. Nuggets where he spent like seven and eight years respectively, I think it was, or the other way around. Mm-hmm. With like OKC you played like one year. It doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant. I think it's mostly just due to like the hit that his reputation took in mm. that one year. Like I would argue that year did more damage to his reputation than, like, his entire next tenure combined. That might be true. So, like, if he comes back and is like, no, I'm actually still good, and then proves it against the Thunder, I think that's a... It's a, it's a fun, fun angle, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And then, also, like, this game, among all of the games that night, except for maybe Blazers Jazz... Like, this game probably has the most playoff implications. That's true. Because of the home court ad- advantage? or Yeah, well, because, yeah. like, I'm assuming, look, the the Rockets won 65 last year. They were the number one seed. I think they go back to the pack a little bit. Like, they, they still might be the second best team in the West. They still might mm-hmm. win. They still might win the most games, or at least the second most. Right. Regardless, you want, if you're a West team, your primary goal in the regular season, aside from making the playoffs, is getting on the other side of the playoff bracket from the Warriors. You do, That's true. You do not want to be, so if the Warriors are the one seed, you want to be the two or the three. Or vice yeah. versa. If you're the one, you want them. So, like, both the Rockets and the Thunder, I think, are pretty much locks to make the playoffs, you know, assuming health. But I don't know which one of those teams is going to be the two. So, like... You're really high on the Thunder this year. It's, I really am. Yeah, you really are. I I, I'm, I, I have a feeling, I suspect, unfortunately, that you're going to be a little bit disappointed. I might I be. Still see, I still see, like, a fairly large gap between them and Houston. I gotta admit. Yeah, I think the Rockets are going to have the second most wins in the West. Right. But I think, like, the Thunder... It's good. I don't think... I, I think the Thunder might be a better matchup against Golden State in particular. I'm not convinced. Right. Like, I think it's really close. But I think the gap in terms of, like, the wins that the Thunder and the Rockets are going to have this year 
is mm-hmm. much larger than the gap between their chances against the Warriors, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. It absolutely does. Here's the thing, though. I question whether the defense is enough. Mm. Because while I agree that, you know, OKC should even have, like, maybe the league's leading defense, mm-hmm. like, their offense is just pretty volatile. Yeah. You really don't know what to get. Dennis Schroeder is pretty inconsistent. Russell Westbrook himself is inconsistent. You don't really have a whole bunch of, of scores around the roster. And then you have Paul George, who might be the most consistent, but he's also, like, he's not tremendously high volume. Right. Like, he's more of an off-ball guy. So, yeah, he'll get you 20 to 22 points efficiently and consistently. But is that enough when the rest of the team can can swing? Like, you, you, have, you literally have games where you can imagine them scoring at 120, and two nights later, they'll struggle to score 70. Mm-hmm. I think that's just such a major problem in, in today's NBA in particular. Like, yeah. they'll get to the playoffs. They'll have a high seed, obviously, because in the regular season, you can get by on just defense and, and timely scoring. But against the Warriors? Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, I think their chances against the Warriors would come down to their defense limiting the Warriors to, like, not 120 points a game. And then, yeah, right. they, they, they would need some, A, some explosions from Westbrook, George and Schroeder, and B, some complimentary scoring from somewhere. And it, you don't know, it doesn't have to be from the same source every night. One night it could be Patterson, the next night it could be Adams. Who knows, like, Alex Abrinas right. or, like, Timothy Luau could come through and, you know, have, like, a, a, a 10 points in 8 minutes stretch. Like, yeah, you just need... <clears throat> it, I mean, that's true with every playoff team. You always need, like, some unsung contributor to come through with one big run at some point in the playoff series right. to win. And then Golden State subs in Bookie, and then everyone is like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> he's there. I right. forgot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. We're not, no, we're not on the train of the Warriors ruining the NBA. We're not doing it. No, no, no. Hey, I, <laughs> I wrote a piece for, I wrote a piece for Give Me Sport where I actually argue that if anyone is ruining the NBA, it's bad teams. Yeah. And here's the thing. Just spoiler alert, the NBA isn't ruined, guys. Like, <laughs> stop saying dumb shit, okay? <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know if you yeah. saw um, Sopan Deb took over Mark Stein's newsletter yesterday, and he, nope. made, he made the same point. He's just like, you realize, like, right now we have more high-level talent in the NBA than ever, right? Like, <laughs> right. This is, this is the golden age of the NBA. No pun intended. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, no, you're right. And people locking on the whole, the two-week finals period of being everything like they're like what how, how long is the season seven months right seven and a half months yeah like what are you talking about there are so many subplots every damn week yeah also we don't know who's gonna make the finals this year because oh yeah lebron james is in the west i'll tell you who's not oh, gonna yeah. make the finals lebron james and the warriors that's true that is certainly true so and also that's my third you know on the list. Lakers, Warriors. My, yeah, that was mine too. Yeah, because I'm just tired of LeBron against the Warriors at this point. I don't yeah. care if he has a different jersey on. I just, <laughs> just I don't, I don't want anymore. Please make it stop. Yeah, yeah. That's. I, I mean, I think there's definite LeBron and Warriors fatigue. I think the fact he's in a new jersey, that he's going to have new teammates, provides at least some intrigue. But that said. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I mentioned this last episode. Uh, LeBron teams, when he switches teams, LeBron teams often get off to a very rocky start. 
and then right. they like coalesce later in the season once they've developed some chemistry. So like this game could be good, and LeBron could will them to win by himself, mm-hmm. or he could use this as a litmus test game and be like, "No, guys, I'm not going to bail you out, and we're going to get our heads pounded in by 30 points, so you can see how far away we are from being an actual champion." Like, you know, I, I think basically like there's a non-zero chance this game is the second least competitive game on the mm-hmm. slate that on Christmas Day. JaVale McGee revenge game? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. JaVale also shooting threes. Oh, and Nick Young is on the other end, right? Or has he not re-signed No, yet? I don't think he's... Yeah, I don't think he's anywhere yet. Huh. Well, yeah. if he is, that would right. be fun. <laughs> That's what we'll be looking for. JaVale going up against... Nick Young. Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, so uh, I, I'm with you. That's that's number three for me as well. So all right, you, you have Portland, Utah as number two, or Philly, Boston. I I actually have Philly, Boston as number two. Holy shit! You, oh God damn it, Donovan Mitchell, love. No, no, actually, I I knew you were gonna say that. But there's more to it. <laughs> okay. There's more to it. Well, let's let's do Philly, been... Boston first. All right, let's do Philly, Boston. I have them at number two as well. So, so you were just crabbing on me? Well, no. Oh, no, wait I, a second. You, have, yeah. you had OKC, right. Right, I have right, Portland, right, Utah, right. number four. Yeah, my fault. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, well, Philly, Boston, for obvious reasons. I mean, yeah. yeah, I know we got a little bit fatigued with the whole, oh, this is the matchup of the future. And we also saw them, like, on the <laughs> opening week. Right. Like, that's the first game. Right. So, yeah, I get that there's some fatigue going on there. But it's just interesting to me. Like yeah. it's an interesting matchup. It's 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 a pretty good benchmark for benchmark test, I would say, for where the, where Philly is at that point in time because Boston is more established, and Philly is that annoying little brother trying to like follow them around and see how good they are, and on some level, you know, you're kind of looking at little brother going, could they? Could mm-hmm. could little brother kick the living poop out of big brother? Maybe. <laughs> right. Um, so I kind of just love the whole setup there. And also, it's just it's just so high quality. Like, yeah. the roster is insane. Yeah. So many stars. And, like, if Markel Fultz mm-hmm. is completely healthy, you know, and, and, and also mentally prepared, mentally right, whatever you want to call it, like, has, has gotten the yips away or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, dude. Yep. That's one hell of a talented matchup. Like, you have Markel, Kyrie, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Like, that's ridiculous. Al Horford, Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Robert Covington. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Boston. Not Sayre Smith. <laughs> Maybe. By then, you don't know. He Maybe. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is Christmas Day. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, Boston feasibly has five. They're not going to have five All-Stars, but they have, like, five All-Star caliber players in their starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Philly has the Rookie of the Year in Ben Simmons, the Defensive Player of the Year runner-up in Joel Embiid, who is just right. automatic entertainment just from his shit-talking alone. There's, <laughs> this is true. There's a lot of <laughs> bad confirm. blood between those teams from the playoffs. And then, yeah, the Markel Fultz thing, like, not only is it just I hope he's back and healthy and has a shot again, but, like, against the Celtics, the team who Philly traded with to get him, and against Tatum, who drew Hanlon continues to tell Markel Fultz every day that Jason Tatum is better than him. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of fire in this matchup. And also, Philly and Boston fans just hate each other. 
And no matter what happens, Philly fans are going to just keep bringing up Nick Foles and 41-33. So there's no losing for Sixers fans either way. But uh, I think this one, of all the games on Christmas Day, this one is going to have the least Christmas spirit, to put it kindly. I think there's going to be some tensions flaring. And, you know, the only reason I didn't have a number one was because I don't think like both of those teams are probably going to be top three seeds or like they're both mm-hmm. clearly comfortably going to make the playoffs if everyone stays healthy. So yeah. it's not as like, doesn't really matter who gets the number one seed, two seed, three seed. It's not like the West for the Thunder Rockets thing. Also the, the fatigue of Sixers Celtics and it's at five thirty, which is, you know, Eastern time. That's right around dinner time for those on East Coast time and even Central time, you know, if you do an early Christmas dinner. So it's like, unless you're from Philly or Boston, that's a pretty damn tough sell to be like, hey, guys, uh, let's keep that game on TV while we eat Christmas dinner. Yeah, we eat Christmas dinner on the 24th. That's also, uh, you know, during during the nighttime we exchange gifts. So my 25th is wide open. That's very smart. Yeah, my it is. Knock on we wood. do smart things. My we also wife, have the metric system. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, my wife hopefully will be working that day. So knock on wood, uh, I'll be able to actually. <laughs> did, you, did, you just, did you just say you hope your wife would work on Christmas Day? I did. Well, she she either gets Christmas or New Year's off, and she has a vacation right after New Year's. So we're, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just about it, to say, yeah, that, was, that was pretty evil. It, it is yeah. not as scroogey as it sounded. Thank you for All right. making me provide Honey, context please, for that. Please yep. leave the house for Christmas. Yeah. No, no, no. She'll, she'll be home at night. But she she also knows that Philly Boston is going to be on that day, and I'm going to be uh, a few beverages deep, screaming some obscenities. I apologize to my neighbors in advance, but... That's what happens when six or Celtics are on. Yeah, I know. She she told us some, some stories about you when you guys were here. Yeah. 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 yeah how, how you were acting like an idiot whenever you drank. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that was just during funny. the Super Bowl. That, that was excusable. <laughs> I uh, saw some videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So why do you have Portland, Utah, number one? All right. So here's the thing. We've been grabbing on Portland so much because they made just horrible financial decisions in 2016. Yep. But they low-key had a good summer. Ooh. They signed Seth Curry. Okay. I love that sign. Yep. They got Gary Trent Jr. in the draft, who's a wicked shooter and who can put up a lot of points in a hurry. Then they got Anthony Simons, who's extremely young, but also extremely intriguing. Athletic as hell, movable, can really shoot, can score. So they got three guards who to actually add some depth to the... Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum front or starting duo because mm-hmm. they needed that. They needed some that we've been talking about this like for years and years. And then combined with that, they have Zach Collins coming into his his second year. Mm-hmm. Caleb Swanigan, like he's he's just a do it all player. I kind of like the whole makeup of this roster now. And also, it's another year where Alfredo Camino has grown accustomed to playing the four. Mm. So I have a feeling we'll see a an improved uh, Portland team without... And this is going to sound a little bit suspicious. Like, they won't end up with, like, the the, the third seed again. Mm-hmm. But that's because I think the West overall got stronger. Right. And better. Yeah. But I don't think they got worse. I think they actually got mm. better, but we'll end up with a lower seed just because everyone else around them just 
made even weirder and bigger improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're good. They they look like a really competent team now. What they need is is a tall wing because right. you can't really use Gary Trent as that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what they're gonna do in that regard. But outside of that, the, that roster, that bench is extremely interesting. Yeah. I know you're not feeling it. That's <laughs> no. fine. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, you're right. I do love Seth Curry. This is actually just a Seth Curry podcast. We're going to do an entire episode on why he's good at some point. Oh, yeah. Um, they also had Nick Stauskas. You can't forget about the guy who is the combination <laughs> of Steph Curry and Clay that, Thompson. That's, but, that's, that's unfortunate, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they lost Ed Davis and they lost Shabazz Napier. So I'm not convinced. Like, Simons and Trent are interesting prospects down the road. I don't think either right. one of them is going to play much, if at all, this year. Like, not enough to make a major impact, at least. So I, I think... I don't think... Portland Are you sure get... about that? Like, how? who do you sacrifice... Or who, when you look at that roster... Yeah. Well, I who think, do you give minutes to? I think you give them to Seth Curry. And then, yeah. I guess... I mean, I think... I think Simons is just so raw. Like, Gary Trent might play ahead of him. So maybe he's... Maybe you're mm. like... Your bench backcourt is Trent and Curry. And you can use them somewhat interchangeably. And then, but I like that though. Yeah, I, like Portland to me is just a team. It feels like it's run its course, and it's really it is because of what they did in 2016, which sucks. But like, mm-hmm. I just don't see the ceiling for this team, and it's like, I you know I, I get it. There's value in having 50 wins every year and making the playoffs every year, but I don't see any way this team becomes a championship contender. And maybe I'm just like fixated on how badly the Pelicans beat their asses in the playoffs. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. I mean that's completely legitimate, yeah. So like I just don't I just don't care that much about the Blazers this year. I'm sorry to Portland fans who are listening. Please flame my mentions as much as you want. But, you know, it's just like they just don't do it for me unless they have mm. a major shakeup. Like I'm excited to see Dame and CJ versus Donovan Mitchell. I think that's fun. Uh, you know, Rudy Gobert always fun. Him going against Yusuf Nurkic will be fun because we, we, Nurkic really is the X factor for that team this year. Oh, like yeah. if he gets back to his 2016-17 form, then they start to become interest. You know, in, interesting maybe sort of, but otherwise, like. Both of these teams will be in the Western Conference playoff picture. They'll, I mean, I think the Jazz are comfortably in. The Blazers feel to me like a fringe team. Like at best, they're a seven or eight seed. I, that may sound like disrespect, but like because they were the three seed last year, but they were only like three games out of the ninth. So it's not like they had a commanding lead in the playoff race last year, anyway. So I get it. I mean, I, like Mitchell versus McCollum and Lillard, I think is enough to justify this being a thing. And really, I mean, the only reason these teams are on there is because you needed two West Coast teams because Warriors and Lakers were playing earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. But I think if that wasn't the case, you probably have, like, Pelicans, Bucks, Nuggets, Timberwolves. But you're thinking, like, you know, a a not ridiculously inept fan because... I look at all those small things. I yeah. I've seen the stars. You've yeah. seen the stars. Yeah. We know what they can do. I am in, I mean I am way more curious, 
you know, on weird bench matchups, mm-hmm. rookies, like the guys we don't really know about who are intriguing. Right. Like I, I that's mean, the, that's the thing for me. That's was I. I mean, when we look, when we discuss like opening week, Christmas Day, Martin Luther King Day, whatever, and we go through all these teams, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we we saw. I've seen all these players before. Right. Like they played in the league for seven eight years. Like, yeah, I know yeah. them. Yeah, I want to see the rookies and guys in new uniforms. See how they p- pick up like new places and stuff. I mean, I I totally agree with that. I just think if you're putting these teams on like marquee matchups like that's not mm. why the nba is putting the blazers and the jazz on christmas day oh no no, no. that's that's like you said yeah dame cj right. versus donnie yeah right. yeah no no i get it yeah. i get it yeah and here's the thing like donovan is going to do it's a business that game yeah yeah yep. because neither <laughs> dame or cj can stop him no i know like it just feel this one feels like the jazz are just going to have their way with the Blazers because the Blazers aren't going to be able to stop the Jazz, and the Jazz have Gobert and Ingles who actually can defend more than the trash can. <laughs> oh God! Defight, yep. Despite oh yeah, there was the trash can. Yeah. Right, right. Oh. So yeah, I mean, I feel like I know how that story's going to end, and I you know I'm excited for the fireworks, but like it'll feel like a somewhat of a letdown. I feel like those three middle games are really the the meat of the sandwich, <clears throat> and then we get to right. like. This is the last bite, and it's just not as satisfying as the yeah. middle. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I think we have three blowouts. And you know, it, Bucks, Knicks, Lakers, yeah. Warriors, and, and yeah, Blazers, Jazz, yeah. ultimately. It would be a lesser blowout. Right. Because I think, like, Milwaukee should win by 40. Yeah, yeah. Or something ridiculous. Yeah. I, I think the Warriors could win by 30 mm-hmm. somewhat easily, especially if you if your theory proves true. And LeBron uses it as a list test <laughs> yeah. and just goes, you know what? I'm just not going to show up for this one. I, I really uh, hope he does. It'd be really funny. That would be amazing. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's wrap things up then with the Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We have three games that were announced. Pelicans-Grizzlies are the early mm-hmm. game at 5.30. Then Rockets-Sixers and Warriors-Lakers Part 2. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I, I mean, like, yeah, Pelly's Grizzlies could be fun, sort of. No, it can. I mean, and again, like you, you mentioned this before we start recording. Like, obviously, um, Memphis is represented in Martin Luther King Day mm-hmm. because, yeah, that's that's where he got assassinated. Right. Um, the the Rockets and the Sixers is probably the most interesting game there. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, because not only is it just starstruck as hell, it's also like theoretically, a finals matchup preview because you know injuries can happen. Right. Right. So you know, yeah, it's, it's a just a potential one at least. A potential one, exactly. And then you have, yeah, Dubs Lakers, where you just like more LeBron versus Curry. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying that matchup at all. No. I'm not seeing the hype. Yeah. I mean, hey, by that point, you know, if they get their brains beaten on Christmas Day, then LeBron might actually care. Three weeks later, and then he can be like, "Okay, now let me show you my power." It's called. Yeah, I could drag a shitty team single-handedly and have almost beat the Warriors if you don't make a really dumb dickhead decision <laughs> at a tie game with a last shot. Um, but even like even LeBron at full peak, LeBron right yeah. against that team if yeah. they're healthy, yeah, like that's still like a fifteen-point loss. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, I don't think we see DeMarcus Cousins on Christmas Day. I don't think there's any way we do. 
Oh, yeah, I, w- I wasn't even counting yeah. on Cousins here. And I would be surprised if we see him. Like, that. this MLK Day feels like mm-hmm. maybe that's, like, in the start of the window where we might see Boogie, but I don't... Yeah. I mean, I still think they hold him out until at least February. There's no rush. Oh, yeah, after All-Star break. Yeah, there's really... I mean, you need to, like, get him back into shape and help, like, have him develop chemistry by the playoffs. But, you know, maybe you bring him Just back Just pair him then. up with Clay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Like, Clay doesn't care that's about true. anything. So that's, that's fine. True. Like, that's, that's chemistry in his own way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if Boogie has come back by this game... Whereas Lakers at least becomes interesting for that reason, but I agree. Otherwise, it's I just don't care all that much. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Memphis Pelicans. At first, I was like, oh, that's, you know, aside from the obvious reason that Memphis is involved, but like, I also feel like the. I, I mean, I, we were gonna do uh, a pod on the over unders that came out uh, earlier this week. We'll do some pods either later this week or next week. Memphis was only 34.5, I think. And that felt mm-hmm. really low to me. Like, Memphis, before, like, obviously things went completely off the rails last season. <laughs> right. You know, like, uh, Mike Conley got hurt very early in the year. They win 22 games. They just were, everything that did go wrong, or everything that could go wrong, did go wrong, including them mm-hmm. not trading Tyreek Evans, which remains to this day without explanation. But before last season, they had, what is this, eight straight seasons with at least 40 wins. And they're bringing back, like, most of the same core outside of, or I guess, you know, at least Conley and Gasol. Like, they lost Zebo and Tony Allen last year. But they made some big pickups this summer. Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, chief among them, I, yep. we saw in Summer League. Like, this dude is ready to make an impact right away. And he doesn't necessarily need to... He's not going to be, like, a 35-minute starter, necessarily. Oh, yeah, no, no. But, like, in a 20-25 minute role, he could be a major impact player. Mm-hmm. They got Kyle Anderson, which, you know, he's not, like, a sexy signing, but he's a good, competent player. And it reduces their reliance on Chandler Parsons, which has really derailed them in previous years. Right. And then they also got Garrett Temple, like, who's... A fine bench player, like yeah, he's serviceable. Yeah, like Memphis, I feel like is good. I you know if if Tennessee had legal or like sports betting legalized already, like I would be going to a casino right now and placing so a couple hundred bucks on Memphis is over. Like I, I feel like the thirty four point five is way too low. So I think I would I would probably agree with that. Yeah. So, so I think you know Grizzlies Pelicans doesn't sound all that exciting on the surface especially you know like the grizzlies don't have like a flashy superstar they have conley and gasol and that's you know jaron jackson jr will hopefully get there one day but like they don't have that you know roll out the banners for this kind of guy but you know anthony davis is always fun to watch i'm I'm excited to see him and julius randall and i was just about to mention those guys yeah Like like that that front court, man. And that's going to be a good battle against Jackson and Gasol. Like, that could right. be really fun. So I said something on my Danish Patreon the other day. And, like, theoretically, the Pelicans could have one of the best front courts in the NBA. Because yeah. 
it just fits. Right. Like, granted, this is on paper. This is just theoretical, but it just fits. You have a playmaking four in Julius Randle, mm-hmm. who can rebound, go coast to coast, handle the ball, and finish plays. You have AD, who is, you know, what can't he do? Right. And then you have Nico, who is surprisingly effective on both ends of the court. Like, he is a, a pretty good defender. People just rag on him for I don't know why. He is. Mm-hmm. And he's also this very dynamic scorer who can you know bust for 35 if he feels like it and, and just go nuts from outside. So you have spacing, you have defense, you have playmaking, you have all these things. And then you throw in, like just obviously in a limited, very limited capacity, Jill Okafor, mm-hmm. who's at, who at least can go get you points. Like, yeah, not in, in the best New Age way, Right, but like, you, if if the game slows down and you're you're in a slog fest and you need points, you can put him in, and you can feed his ass for about five to six minutes, and he'll get you ten, twelve points. Yeah, he might struggle against the Grizzlies in particular, since now Gasol oh, yeah. right. and Jaron Jackson are both stretch bigs and can, you know, any right any, for that particular game, he's yeah. going to get murdered. Yeah. yeah, but I agree. Like, the, yeah, that we. <laughs> I like that we recorded for an hour and didn't mention Jalil before once. That that speaks volumes to where he is. But yes, I like the Pelican signing of him in theory because it's no risk. Like, what's what's the downside? You just waste a roster spot and wave him, and who cares? But you know, right. he's he could be serviceable in limited minutes. He has his obvious limitations, but yeah, the Pelicans' front court is going to be absurd. Like, I'm I've considered the Pelicans. I mean, they're they're the only like four stone cold locks for the playoffs again, assuming health for me in the West, and that's the Warriors, the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Jazz. I think the Spurs and the Pelicans are in that next tier, and the du- the Nuggets as well. Where like I think they're gonna be in, but mm-hmm. something could go wrong. And then like the Timberwolves, Lakers. Um, Grizzlies, Mavericks are all on, Clippers too, are all in that next, like, I think, of those five, I think the Lakers probably get in just because of LeBron, but like, damn, it's just, it's so wild, like, Memphis I think is going to be a good team, but I don't think there's any way they make the playoffs just because I just listed 12 teams in there, all of whom, you know, (laughs) Dallas probably isn't a legit playoff contender, but I think they'll be at least, like, frisky and competitive most nights, but like, the other 11 could at least feasibly fancy themselves playoff contenders, which is wild. So I'm actually looking for uh, the Pelicans' uh, contract situation right now because I had Mm. an idea that you just reminded me of. Uh, Hang on a second. Does it get them a wing that they so desperately need? It it absolutely does. Oh, okay. So so basically, uh, I'm inspired by... By the rumor that so far has not become true, you know the Daryl Morey idea of of sending Ryan Anderson, oh for to, Nick Batum, for Nick Batum, mm-hmm. like nothing's happened. But the idea of sending a shorter term contract mm-hmm. to Charlotte for Nick Batum, that's not a bad one. Yeah, and the Pellies do have Solomon Hill. They have Solomon Hill, and they have some other pieces that could be shipped. Mm-hmm. So if they mm-hmm. end up with some type of core. That's Davis, Randall, Miritich, Batum, and Drew Holiday. Yeah. Like, that's not bad. No. That is by no means bad. Like, I mean, he's 
uh, you know, Batum, that is, like, he's versatile. He'll switch. He can guard twos up to fours. Mm-hmm. He can shoot. He can playmake. Like, he can be the secondary playmaker after Drew Holiday, leading Randall to be the third playmaker, which would just be a ridiculous role for him. Like, right. he would just be an insanely efficient passer at that spot. So, there's an idea there of going for it and saying, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's put money on the cap long term because that's our best bet. We upgrade. And theoretically, like Portland could actually look at that mm-hmm. with Evan Turner mm-hmm. going, well, we have a, a two years left on Evan Turner. Let's see what type of guys are out there with three years left. Yeah. I was trying. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way they can get like a Kent Bazemore as well. Oh, Basemore as well, yeah. Yeah, they that, can't. That, he would be great. They can't do just straight up Solomon Hill for Basemore, but it looks like if they include literally any other player they have on their roster, it work. It works mm-hmm. financially. And yeah, yeah. I mean, the Pellies are not far away from really making some major noise because, like, what we saw from Davis. I mean, it all comes down to Anthony Davis. If he gets hurt, they're totally boned, but. What we saw from him, especially after Boogie went down, when you put Miritich there and you give him a stretch four, like, he is just, uh, it's unreal. Like, he's, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, we went, and we mentioned the top five player conversation early in the episode, and, like, I'm already starting to compile a rough top 50 for this year. And I was, like, really struggling with, I think there was the clear top five of, it was, like, LeBron, KD, Curry, Harden, or clear top four, I should say. And then it was like, how do you order Anthony Davis, Giannis, and Kawhi Leonard? Like, I think Anthony Davis right now is number five. God, that's difficult. Like, Kawhi, if he's healthy... Yeah, if healthy, that's the big one for me. Right, but we we don't know that he's healthy. No, we don't. So, like, I think Kawhi... I think Kawhi is the third. I think he's, like, number seven. I think it's AD... Giannis than Kawhi because we just don't know right what Kawhi's gonna look like you know we we we've seen the other two guys more recently yeah I, I've seen the whole like AD versus Giannis debate a little bit on Twitter mm-hmm. like I think I think that's a good debate because I can, I have such a hard time like placing one of them above the other one right I think they're extremely equal at this point in time yeah like they're both so dominant in different ways. It right. really comes down to like which you prefer, like which way you prefer to build your team, and like who you prefer to build your team around. Well, with you... both of them, preferably. Well, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> if you had to choose, do you want oh, like yeah, the point know. forward, or do you want this like do it all big man? And then I, I think I gotta go with Giannis just because of the, the, you know, he's been healthier. Yeah, I was gonna say like injuries probably tilt it to Giannis, but yeah. like, yeah, I guess you. But can't that's just really... so unfair as well. I know. Yeah, it's it's like tough to say you can't factor in health and then have Kawhi out of the top five. But like, if you're assuming, I don't know. Yeah, if you're assuming everyone is healthy going into the year, I guess Kawhi probably. It, you still just yeah. don't know what he looks like, though. No, like, but but Kawhi was just so far above everyone else at that point. Yeah, I mean, he when he started playing pick and roll basketball, it was just game over. Yeah, it was game over. Oh yeah, remember how many yeah. people hesitated. Yeah. On you know just like oh, 
you know, Kawhi's a ball handler. That's not going to go well. And right. he just started murdering people on pick and rolls. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He can do that now. Yeah. Yeah, he scored like 25.5 points per game in like 33 yeah, minutes. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was it was bananas. And I the way he would score, I still remember. Like, he would do everything. Like, coming off picks, mm-hmm. he would pull up from three. He, like, right. he would step back and hit a three. He would dribble his way into like a high-efficient mid-range shot. He would just wait until the roller had enough separation then they make like a pinpoint pass he was just like you couldn't guard him in the pick and roll and everyone was busy talking about like chris paul steph curry and all that like he was right there yeah right i think he shot like something like 38 percent from three that season along with yeah he was yeah 38 from three 48.5 from the field and 88 from the free throw line and that was even a down year for him, three point wise. Right. Yeah, he's a thirty eight point six percent career three point shooter. Yeah, he's incredible. He's like, yeah. he, and he was still just his same old like d- dominant defensive self. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the clip of him, uh, if you haven't seen it, the clip of him, what he did to Ben McElmore, like just go Google <laughs> Kawhi Leonard Ben McElmore. <laughs> Holy shit, oh, that man. Like, yeah, that, I think that, that ended McElmore's career. Like he's never gonna be able to live up to Yeah, it did reputation. because he's back in he's back in, in Sacramento Sorry, now. Yeah, so right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All that all of this is to say, like, again, the Warriors did not ruin the NBA. There are a shit ton of really entertaining, fun matchups in this opening week schedule, Christmas Day, Martin Luther King. You know, this is only these are only the nationally televised games that we know about. Right. Obviously, there will be a lot of others, especially in opening week. Like, there we're gonna do season preview stuff in a couple weeks. Like, there are storylines to talk about for every team. So, if you're worried about, mm-hmm. oh, the Warriors are gonna win the title next year, who cares? Why to even follow? We're gonna give you hundreds of reasons to follow this season in the weeks yep. to come. But yep. also, by the way, one more reason. I'll just have to plug yeah. it in there. Because that's not on any of the national televised games list right now. Like, just a game like Milwaukee, Indiana? It's yeah. Be off the hook. I know. I'm, I'm bummed that the Pacers, I, I guess they're a small market team and, like, they just don't right. generate a lot of that doesn't matter. Interest, like, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be so good. Like, I, Victor yeah. Oladipo against Giannis? Come on now. There's a reason I plugged the Pacers earlier when I know. we were talking about no, these no, Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we will talk about all of that and more. We'll do some over-unders in the days to come as well. We'll also talk about the NCAA uh, made some a big announcement Wednesday that will have some effects on the NBA draft in particular. So we're going to talk about that once we start to see some more reports trickle out. Uh, in the meantime, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bios to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCast. Until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. Only, uh, let's see, two months and a week until yes. the regular season starts up, so... We'll we'll be we'll be creative yeah. <laughs> in the time with yeah. the podcast. I think yeah, we will have plenty to talk about. The NBA never sleeps. <laughs>